Cork and here. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. A very good morning to you, Pat. And now, uh, mistletoe, the origins mistletoe. of. Well, we associate mistletoe at this time of year with the great Irish custom of kissing under the mistletoe. But it goes right back, Pat, to pagan times. I mean, at that at that stage, it was it was associated with fertility, with um, love, and it was a great tradition to hang the mistletoe over the doorstep and kiss under the mistletoe. But it's a very interesting plant, Pat, in that it's hemiparasitic, which means that. It's a parasite. It actually roots into the branches of trees. And when the trees are in full leaf in spring and summer, the the mistletoe is absorbing the moisture and nutrition up through the apple tree and right into its roots. But at this time of year, when the trees, the apple trees are bare of leaves, it's actually photosynthesizing itself. It's producing energy from sunlight. Hence, we get beautiful green mistletoe with the lovely white berries at this time of year. Now, word of warning, the berries are toxic to humans. So if you are kissing under the mistletoe, Pat, be careful that you don't touch the berries or don't consume the berries because they can be uh, toxic. toxic. Are they but toxic to pets? They are indeed. They can be toxic to dogs and cats, um, generally in, in larger numbers. So again, be careful where you place the mistletoe. But it's a great tradition. If you want to grow mistletoe in your own garden, it's a matter of getting collecting a couple of berries uh, squeezing them and putting them under the bark of the tree. So just lift a little bit of the bark, push them in under, and they'll actually root in that situation. They love apple trees in particular, poplar trees, oak trees. They do really, really well. And do so the, it's do, an unusual plant. Do the birds eat them? The birds do eat them and the birds spread. That's how it actually moves from tree to tree. The birds eat the berries. The berries are very sticky to touch and they tend to get caught up in the bird's beak. So when they're trying to scrape the berry or the remains of the berry off, they're actually spreading the seed of the mistletoe. The mistletoe is very clever in how it moves from tree to tree. It uses the birds. Squirrels will often pick them as well, Pat. Many of our um, natural um the deer, for example, would spread it as well. But the birds are the main spreaders of mistletoe. Now, so many questions coming in. Even though it's Christmas time, people won't have a lot of uh, leisure to do their gardening. But perhaps in the interregnum between Christmas and New Year, they might get out and about. Um, This one here. I have many bay leaf plants from cuttings. Foot-high plants um, live on a pretty open coastal hillside. Could I make a hedge from those plants? Absolutely, Pat. One of the best plants, actually, to create a hedge. So bay leaf is um, evergreen, so it's fully evergreen. It's relatively slow growing, which is great for a hedge because it means very little trimming. But when you do trim it, the scent is absolutely fantastic. Can you imagine a beautiful bay hedge? And as you trim it, that fantastic scent. Of course, you can cut it on a regular basis right throughout the season and use it for culinary purposes indoors. Mm. But it makes a fabulous hedge. Anything up to about, you know, five or six feet, it, it will make a super hedge. And because it's evergreen, it's very, very dense as well as you trim it. So a terrific plant for a hedge. I have two plum trees that have not produced fruit for a number of years. They flower, but never fruit. Uh, thinking of giving them the chop. You are their last chance, says oh Ian. Oh, my God. 
Well, Ian, first of all, all fruit trees need to be cross-pollinated. So I would introduce a variety, maybe like Victoria, which is a self-fertile variety, but very good at pollinating other plum trees as well. The fact that they're flowering and not fruiting, you know, is telling you that they're not being pollinated. They're not cross-pollinating. So introduce a a variety like Opal or Victoria, and that will help with the cross-pollination. Now, plum trees tend to take up to about six or seven years anyway to settle down to fruiting. But the fact that they're flowering, that's very, very positive. So they just need to be simply uh, introduced to a pollinator, let the fun begin, and you hopefully you'll have plums this coming season. Mick wants to know, should he cut back old flower heads from hydrangeas or just let them rot back? Well, the time to prune hydrangeas is in March, Pat, because if we prune them now, it's like cutting your hair. If you prune plants at this time of year, you stimulate them to come into growth. So rather than keeping them dormant. So my advice is always to leave your hydrangeas to about St. Patrick's weekend and prune them then just as the growth is beginning to come through. The old flower heads help to protect the plants from frost as well. So pretty much leave them alone. I think they look very decorative with the old flower heads on them. And I do all my pruning um, on St. Patrick's weekend. Uh, My angel wings, three years old, doing really well. But in the recent heavy rain and wind, it seems to fall onto one side. Any advice on saving it? Yeah, so this is a beautiful plant. This is Senecio angel wings. It's got these lovely silver foliage right through the spring, summer, and autumn. During the winter, it tends to get knocked back with frost and, and hailstones and so on. The good news is if you trim it back and tidy it up, it'll reemerge with new growth next spring. So again, a little bit uh, like the previous question, I would leave the pruning of the Senecio until springtime, until February, early March. Trim it back then. You can actually trim it quite severely. Give it a feed and it'll come back into fresh growth Mm. again. So it's very common at this time of year for it to look a little bit raggedy. I bought Ilex verticulata. Uh, The birds did eat all the beautiful berries two Christmases ago. I minded it last Christmas, but there were no berries. I planted a male holly hoping I'd get berries back, but no luck. What advice? Will I be digging the plant up? Uh, That's from Bridget in Cork. No, Bridget, leave it. I mean, a little bit like the plum tree, hollies can again take a number of years to settle down to to flowering and to fruiting. So when we put plants into the garden patch, they naturally enough want to put on lots of vegetative growth, new growth. And that's what the holly is doing. It'll settle down to flowering and fruiting as it gets a bit older. What you can do in the spring to encourage that is to put in some sulfate of potash, Potash counteracts nitrogen and it slows the growth of plants back and it's particularly good for all flowering and fruiting plants. So leave well enough alone, give it a feed of potash in February and March and it'll be, it'll be fine. And two final ones, is it too late for snowdrops to go down? No, if you've got the bulbs, get them into the ground and that applies to any bulbs, path that people have purchased. Yeah, And a final one, I have a balcony garden so I don't have space to take up all my spring bulbs after they flower. Can I just leave them in and pop summer bedding on top? Absolutely. Generally speaking, after daffodils or snowdrops finish flowering, you leave them for about five or six weeks to naturally die back. And it's actually at that time of year we're feeding the bulbs to to build them up for the following year. Once that's done, you can put a fresh layer of compost on the top of your containers and put in your summer bedding and leave your bulbs in situ. Porik, thank you very much for all your advice over 2023. Uh, We'll talk to you in 2024, but in the meantime, I hope you have a very, very happy... The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.